we are live with Dr. Death. Kane and Jess, thanks for thanks for joining us on the Pele cast. Thank you for having us. Yeah, 100% yeah. thank you for having us. So, uh, yeah, it's the beginning of my day over here on the West Coast in the United States, and it's uh, nearing the end of your day over there across the pond. Yeah, it's starting to get dark already. It's just, just like a rainy park. So I got to say, it's really interesting seeing, seeing you both face to face now because, you know, there's some kind of mystique. You know that, that, that band Gorillas, right? They were always yeah. the cartoons yeah. and no one ever knew who they were, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's this, this mystique. And so Dr. Death is obviously this very, this very intense character. I mean, it's the, his name is Dr. Death. I mean, death is a very intense subject no matter who you are, right? We're humans and we all share that in yeah. common that death is an underlying uh, theme, no matter that you can't hide from. So uh, it, it's nice to see two beautiful smiling faces so um, so enthusiastically prepared for this chat. Uh, th so uh, my first question is related to that painting directly behind you. That reminds me a lot of Dr. Death art. So is that, uh, you start, do you start more in real life and then take photos and digitize it or uh for, for this black and white one in general it's... your style oh we, um yeah we uh, do a lot of hand drawn stuff yeah um yeah we really like the idea of dr death being like a reincarnated spirit in the digital realm it's like a new like a new plane of living when we with more we look into like spirituality and that and you think about the different realms that exist well the digital realm is like it's a new plane for us for, as humans to exist on. So to have a, a character that lives on that and exists in that realm, it's nice to merge it. Yeah, definitely. So I was going through uh, your website last night and I took a bunch of notes because you have a lot of um, essays, I almost want to say. It, it's really clear what the purpose and intention of, of this project is. And so I think before I even go into it, I would love for you two to just introduce what Dr. Death means for both of you individually and how you kind of came together to make this happen because it's something that seems to be resonating with a lot of people out there for whatever reasons. So I feel like it could be really powerful for people to hear from your mouth what it's all about. Um, okay. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, well, um, we summoned him ritually. Yeah. And he like lives through us um, and he like teaches us his ancient knowledge of like esoteric and enlightenment. Yeah, we're like, we're, we like fingers, we're, we're the channel that he uses almost. Okay. So, so the stuff that, that we've learned from all parts of history, he's like kind of experienced and lived through that. And he, he passes that knowledge through us and then we communicate it for him. So it's like an Abraham Hicks situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he, he's the bridge for us between the like life death cycle, the conscious, subconscious, id, ego. He, he's like the bridge between us and the other realm. So he, he kind of whispers secrets to us and we then share that, what, what he teaches. And he's empowered you to sell his NFTs on Zillica. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah he, he drives a hard bargain, yeah. yeah he he intends <laughs> Intenses us out sometimes. Did you have to sell your soul? <laughs> no, he's pretty, he's pretty cool. Something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's, pretty, he's pretty nice. Well, we should talk about that on a very surface level. I think people may be turned off or scared away by the idea of death or a skull. Like one of my mentors, and I get one of my mentors in life. Their logo is a is a skull. And it's a really beautiful practice. It combines, you know, yoga, martial arts, movement, mobility, meditation, all some beautiful things. But their logo is scary, it, and yeah. it's not a cartoon. It's like a, it's like a skull. And I've always been kind of turned off to that until one day I heard them explain why. And it's it's almost like that pinnacle of human ego achievement. Uh, learning to master the ego, right, is becoming an acceptance with death. So is, is there is there a relationship you have with death itself that may have kind of prompted this summoning? I think it's just 
in a weird sense it's like it's like yeah as you said before like that inescapable fear almost of what happens at that point of death and it is weird when you think of like surface level what we experience as humans like we all have that skeleton inside of us and under this surface level of what we look like we all have skeletons but then to actually see that it is such a stark reminder that it it, it will happen at some point. Part of the journey of life is the fact that, and you have to accept it, that death is just around the corner. Yeah. But but the cultures that we like to look at, and, and it is in a lot of different cultures, it's not necessarily a scary situation yeah. to, to think about. There's actually quite a beautiful side to the idea of life and death and that cycle and I mean, the seed to the to the tree back to the seed again yeah especially uh, i think in england we don't uh really celebrate death very well we're very very scared of death yeah it's quite a scary depressing sort of thing over here yeah Yeah, whereas like cool like in in mexico for example they really celebrate it it's like almost a beautiful thing it's really nice to see that yeah and the celts they really celebrate it that's one of the the song we sent you uh voltive deposit it's like the object that you put in, into your grave when you die to help you with the spirit world like we, we just view it so differently now we, we prefer the idea of like the celebration of life in death rather than it being a fearful object yeah. yeah i think that's something that our globalizing world is really taking to heart from indigenous cultures uh we're coming to contact with i mean places like mexico obviously have, have kept that spirit alive the uh I, I spent some time in new orleans years back and they celebrate death and you know their funeral celebrations are a band walking through the street uh and the whole family and friends following along and they're just partying you know and you know it gives me shivers just thinking about it right and you know when my grandma died no one knew it but she had already paid for a whole party for us to get together and celebrate Mm -hmm. Uh, Because that was always her, you know, her whole life was about her family getting together and and celebrating together. And so, yeah, it came as like no surprise when this really nice house in the hills was all, or this restaurant in the hills was all rented and ready for us, paid for to all get together. And I, yeah, I feel we're living in a time where that, that concept is changing in our perceptions, but it's happening all in very different ways. So that leads yeah. me into my question for you. How did you discover the world of NFTs? Because now you're taking all this into this crypto community, which is, you know, a bridge not not always made so easily. And yeah. obviously art is the tool for that. We, we've both been into crypto for quite a while now. Yeah, like maybe at Genius when we like started yeah it's like a few years ago yeah because we really like um the technical analysis and charting so we've been trading and then we kind of that helped us get introduced to crypto and then nfts for a while we were like no way because uh, uh, mostly because of ethereum and how (laughs) crazily like energy the amount of energy it uses and the co2 we were like yeah and the gas wait so hang on pause 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 that was really important to you? The environmental part yeah. was important in the beginning? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. That, that's like one of the core parts of our lives, not yes, just our business. Yeah, like, yeah how, how we live our life. And and then that, that kind of formed in the business. Yeah. Yeah. And our... I'd say it's the grounding for our business. We just mm-hmm. want to be as environmentally conscious as possible. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's more than important. It's like, yeah, ingrained into us. So, that, so initially we were quite put off by NFTs, but I think that's why we like Zilliqa so much because of its incredibly low CO2 output. Um, yeah, that, that meant a huge amount to us. And then it was that entry into NFTs that we really did want to explore, but we, we couldn't before then find the right path. But yeah, because we, we've always, we create a lot of digital content um, and most of it like on Instagram for, for say, you just put so much of it on there and there's no, you can't, you can't really, I mean, some people do, but you can't just live off that digital content that you're putting out. And I, we've always liked digital art. And for a long time, not so much now, in the art industry, like, it was kind of like looked down upon. It's yeah. like, that's not real art. Still kind of is, to be fair. Yeah, it is, it is quite shadowed in a way. Yeah, so it's really nice to have this community where people actually appreciate what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's, it's brilliant. Because Dr. Death has been a thing uh, for a while and 
no one was understanding or interacting with it. Yeah. But as soon as we brought it over to like the NFT space, yeah, people actually get it. Yeah, we can now tell tell that story in digital comic form with the music and the illustration, and it's such a nice way to merge that all together. Yeah, it works well for it. Beautiful, beautiful. I. Uh... Oh, yeah, so much to say. I, I really found that on your website, you really do a great job of outlining the, the core fundamentals of, of like you said, what you're, what you're summoning, what you're channeling through here. So I took some notes here, and I'm just going to read some of them aloud. Um, Tigmund Smith uh, opened the door to a future that demonstrates a balance of the human mind that is in turn reflected in a well-developed society. Emotionally intelligent, rational, and open-minded, a true era of redemption. And then uh, we go into the era of redemption qualities in a bit. And I, I sent you uh, the, the Notion page, but I took a bunch of notes because uh, this is a type of topic. So when talking about channeling and, and I guess you could say different facets of ourselves where some different ancestry or something in our DNA is coming out, some other, some past life. And I've always felt that I'm a different person around different people, depending on what the situation is called for. And in the same vein, when I'm doing these live streams, uh, I'll be talking to tech people, I'll be talking to entrepreneurs. Right now we're talking to artists, I'll be talking to, talking to uh, lawyers. So there's kind of like a different frame of the way I think and the way my, my mind works that comes out in these conversations. So I think it's really cool. I was looking forward to this conversation because I thought, okay, I could be weird or I can be, I can be this part of me. I can be this part of me that doesn't often get to have these conversations because it's real inside of me. But the way, the way my life goes right now, there's not always these, these opportunities to present that side of me. So, so there's just some gratitude to send off there to be able to talk about these ideas which start with the era of redemption. Yeah, that's good. Do you want to introduce the era of redemption? You go. It's a, it's a, it's a social and artistic movement of the, of the new age. And I guess our manifesto, we, we did the, a post on it on with the recently with animation, didn't we? And um, I guess we have like 14 major grounding ideologies. Um, a lot of it's based on like self-reflection, emotional liberation, the sustainable outlets of creativity. It's just a mixture of different things, but a lot of it's like the, the liberation of the self and the liberation of the planet, like the collective consciousness between that is really important part of it. Yeah. So we see uh, the grounding ideologies are the utilization of sustainable methodologies. Uh, so what do we say in there? Permaculture. Conscious consumption, decentralization, mindfulness. What, what do we classify as sustainable yeah, I, methodologies in this world for those that might not be familiar? Um, it's like the production of our art. So um, obviously we use Zilliqa to sell mm. our NFTs, but then when we make physical art, our physical fine art is made from upcycled and recycled materials or paints that were going to landfill so it's like saving it from the input into the ground yeah because um, so we see and we initially focus on the art industry but it does kind of go over to other facets as well is the idea of creating something new without destroying what already exists so and because we especially when we go to a lot of galleries at the moment there are these yes beautiful structures but what they're created out of is terrible for the environment and we thought it was really counterproductive to express ourselves whilst taking so much from the planet at the same time it created a detachment that we don't agree with we yeah. think that like if you're going to create something new it has to be in mindfulness of, of the place yeah especially because we see so much waste around us which could just be used for to make something beautiful yeah and that's especially like with our fashion work like we've created high-end fashion out of like vintage curtains that people don't want and just want to get rid of or like old sofas and there's some seriously good high quality material that's just getting thrown away and it, it's crazy yeah it, it scares me is. just the amount of years it takes for something to biodegrade like that yeah it's just scary so i'd like to not use something that's been made and just use something 
And it's that, going to waste. There's a big change of that in the world just generally at the moment. Like the amount of companies and, and individuals that are thinking, well, I, I used to create this product, but actually there's a way I can do it that's better for the environment. That's, that's happening everywhere now. Yeah. It's, it's really big. Yeah, the market will speak for itself as these values change collectively. We'll put our money where our mouth is, so to speak. It's, yeah, yeah. that's one thing that I feel is a good analogy with cryptocurrency and this whole era of redemption and liberating ourselves is liberating ourselves financially and knowing that, you know, at the end of the day, when we live more sustainably uh, and more mindfully, you actually don't need that much money. Uh, you know, my my family and I, our goal in the next year is we're moving to a fairly jungly place and we're going to grow all our own food. We're we're going to compost yeah. all our waste and we're building a dome out of aircrete, which, you know, has recycled materials in it. Uh, and, you know, once like even even to to make that environment happen doesn't require that much money. Uh, maybe, you know, the purchasing of land in our world, today, the purchasing of land because we own <laughs> land, right? <laughs> um, the Maybe to acquire the stewardship of the land is a better way to say it. Uh, it might cost a little money. But then when it comes to, to building sustainably and to working together as communities and, like I said, to, to, to plant trees and actually make a lot of your own food, once you take that into your hands, you actually don't need a whole lot of money. And so I find that kind of ironic about, about uh, the cryptocurrency community bleeding into real life of people like ourselves that, are, that really value the sustainability uh, elements of how we can live is there's kind of like this wealth, this abundance we're generating just by being a part of crypto, right? And especially if we've been in it for years, like you don't really have to do much to, to be generating wealth right now if you've been into crypto because it's like the universe blessing us uh, to you know, help, help transform society and decentralize things uh, to be, become more, I guess, natural. But I forgot where I was going with that, but um, super important. And so it's, it's really inspiring to see you guys really being vocal about that message. That's, yeah, I guess that's the way we see the era of Dempsey's. Noticing the things that we don't think were right in past societies and correcting that part part in of ourselves and part of in the world as well. Of, yeah, the redemption of society. Redemption, redemption. Promotion of the liberation of human emotion. I remember hearing about ecstatic dance like seven years ago, and it was great. I loved it, but it was something that just felt like. You know, once in a while, I'd run into it in some progressive city. Now, I feel like it's all over the place. Like, ecstatic dance this, <laughs> ecstatic dance that. Uh, you know, over in Hawaii, where a lot of my main community is, there's an ecstatic dance almost every day of the week. It's like the religion of the people. So that's what I think of when I think of the liberation of human emotion, because I think dance is the first way to really allow yourself to, to emote. Yeah, totally, yeah. That's, yeah, I'll, I'll, the second album we created is Dr. Death's um, called Akaro. And that, the Akaro is when like, it's like music medicine. And yeah, the, that's why we like the idea of Dr. Death. It, it was a shaman because the idea of the collective people coming around dancing to one thing. And, and, and you find it when you go to like a festival or see live music, everyone's vibrating to the same sort of beat. And it's a crazy, beautiful atmosphere. You really do connect through music. It's, yeah. And it is that it's when you're able to share share that emotion with other people. I think yeah, music and art is just so powerful for that. Yeah. So is Doctor Death gonna tour at festivals and whatnot? Uh, yeah, um, he's playing um, in Amsterdam this October. Amsterdam Dance Event. Yeah, yeah, it's really exciting. It's our first live uh, show. Uh, uh, we're open for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's gonna be great. <laughs> so tell us about that. Is it an art show? Is it a music show? Is it both? It's a music festival. Um, it's called Amsterdam Dance Event. Um, yeah, we're going to be making some of our art up there while we're there as well. Yeah, we're working on the logistics to see whether we can like have a projection, um, but that's not confirmed yet. But fingers crossed, we can make that work. Yeah. And the the set that we're doing is uh, called Thanatos to the Negredo and back again, and we're treating it as this one. Uh, the whole set is it's going to one ongoing song that's going to take you to the subconscious and reincarnate you. 
I'm going to be partying. That's awesome. Cool. Well, I imagine we'll see more about that on Twitter as the time approaches. The creation of a relationship between hand craftsmanship and technology. You guys still there? Yeah, that, Did I lose you? That, that. Okay. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay, we're seeing who's going to take it. Uh, okay. <laughs> that, I mean, that's a massive, a massive important thing to us. Yeah. I mean, we absolutely love cartoons. We love animation, but the merger of the kind of handcraftsmanship and technology is so important. I think, for for many reasons, one just the, the digitalization of our artwork and the communication methods that we use allow us to to reach audiences all over the world. So that that merger of the art with technology is so important because w- without that, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. So it allows us to speak to everyone at once. Right. And then the hand craftsmanship side of it is is so important to create a relationship between the artist and and the audience. Yeah, it's important for us as an artist as well to be able to express ourselves. Um, yeah. So we have to physically like, make it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. As well, because I my background is in fashion. That's what I studied. And I love textiles and I mm. love doing all the granny things like knitting and sewing. Yeah. <laughs> I love the hands-on, just uh, like old traditional techniques. Yeah, it's such an important part of it to actually have that kind of human touch to the work without it. I mean, that's, um, there's a lot of art, um, like AI genera- generated work, which is really impressive. But having that human touch to it is so, it's so important. That's, that's how we connect to each other is, mm. is through the emotion that... <laughs> that I put in and, and then you were able to read that emotion without us even talking about it. You can share so much because of that. I wrote a few essays years back about the importance of we have to train ourselves to become more adaptive as like humans that do crafts, right? Uh, as technology evolves, because the way our society promotes it and moves you know, devices along is where it takes more and more. It does everything for you. When really, yeah. imagine if you could program your own interfaces for all these tools to, to really be just for you, right? For your art. I remember I was taking a course to learn how to like program like, you know, notes uh, on my fingers and then I can move them and change the pitch up and down. Cause I thought that, <laughs> that's, that's, so the, that's the kind of music I wanna make. I wanna dance. And, you know, yeah. use the technology as like a pure form of expression, right? And so to me, that's what I think of when I read that statement, the relationship between handcraftsmanship and technology, because it's something that the modern status quo, like big tech kind of takes away from us, which is this liberating factor of technology, thinking that yeah. technology will do everything for us. We just have an AI. Like, Sure, an AI can enhance what you're doing, but to just give it give it everything, all the tasks, seems kind of like a, a smack in the face to the human creative potential. So that that yeah. whole paragraph you wrote, um, the separation depersonalizes the art world, which continues to leave artwork temporary, disposable and without human touch. A harmony must be found between computerization and human skill, just as the balance of masculine feminine is met in an Aquarius form. Human touch is necessary for art as it proposes an emotional relationship with the audience as the process adds extra fascination as is made by another human. So yeah, really cool, really big and important things, guys. So really uh, rooting for you as you put it out there, because this is really important, really important. We're glad you resonate with Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, I think, yeah, and what's really neat, I think I meant to say this earlier, is I think everyone resonates with this, but it's thanks to cryptocurrency and NFTs and and this spirit of decentralization where it's starting to become more obvious, just like how the veils are being yeah. lifted about the, how, I guess, corrupt, you could say, our centralized systems are, uh, not necessarily from malicious intent all around, but just because centralized systems don't work, they're not... They're not really natural. It's not how nature works, right? Uh, so as this era is happening, the era of redemption, the decentralized revolution, it's like it's making all these other things very clear. And so I, I, I think it's really inspiring because I could have had this conversation with you five years ago and it would have just been a conversation lost on the Internet. And now this kind of conversation can become more mainstream 
become more resonant with normies. <laughs> yeah. It's so it's so much easier now to find other people that resonate with your own ideologies. It's it's even since starting the Doctor Death on Twitter, I mean we're only really this is our fifteenth week of the comic book. We found so many people, including yourself, that agree and understand and we're all on the same sort of wavelength that we, we didn't know a year ago. Yeah. And that it, it just seems like everything's moving in the right direction at, at a really good pace as well. Yeah, really quickly. It's yeah. so nice to see. I don't it know is, if that's because of lockdown or what, but Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's refreshing. It really, really makes you feel like the whole world is going in the right direction. Well, it's, it's, a, yeah, it's an right. interesting topic, right? It's like uh, we create our own reality. And I think I have this somewhere yeah. in the notes I took reading your website too, but we're all creating a reality and society is a shared dream. So it's like, what are we dreaming together? That's what's in reality. And so for a long time, we've, had, we've let the corporations or whatever dream for us. And so now we're realizing, yeah. you know, we're seeing what's happening in the world and we're like, what is this chaos? And so a lot of people don't know where to turn. So you turn into conspiracy theories or you turn to, you turn to fear, right? But, it, yeah. ins but instead, what, what the Dr. Death philosophy or how, however we want to umbrella term this, because everyone sees it in their own way. Uh, instead, it's more about, hey, do your thing, follow your path, be creative, enter the vortex and and you're we're all gonna win we work together like it's been we've been working on the concept for pele for years for years and years and it just wouldn't click and i didn't know how to put it out there in the world and then suddenly earlier this year you know the bull run was taking off and then suddenly there was there was a need there was capital there was there was team there was people like wanting to work with us and we put all this together and then we decide to choose to build on Zalika for many of the same reasons you said, uh, starting to, thanks to Ethereum shortcomings. And uh, we put it out there and suddenly like there's this huge, I mean, it's huge for us, this community growing around the, just this idea. You know, we, we do have a platform we're making, but as far as what it is, it is centralized application. We're really just a vision. We want to see the mass media transformed into something that's reflective of more of us as individuals working together as a community because there's so much of us out there, but we don't know it. We're not connected. Like uh, our, our earlier project and our nonprofit partners, Perception Travel TV, and that was videos I made around the world. I was nomading for 12 years. And for half of that, I made videos of people just doing inspiring projects that are bringing people together, that are making art, making music, uh, planting gardens, you know, making community compost centers, whatever it is, all these values that we're talking about. Because I thought, we're never gonna see this. This isn't clickbait. It's not gonna make money on YouTube. This isn't gonna be on the news, right? Like, why would they share, <laughs> why would they share that stuff? So it's like, we need, a, we, need a, we need a new distribution channel for things like this that are inspiring. And so uh, that was just kind of stuck because we needed decentralized uh, tools to be able to make this happen. And so that's where Pele comes from, is to be able to create a distribution channel for just the inspiring, empowering projects from really cool, smiling, happy, abundant people all over the world. Because then we share that dream and more and more people can, can, can dream it together. And then before we know it, this world is a completely different place. Yet, if you're tuning into yes. social media, you're tuning into the news, this world is a shit show going down. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a crazy recession. You know, there's going to be no money. There's going to be, you know, whatever conspiracy, wherever path you want to go down. Mm -hmm. When perhaps the reality, Absolutely. perhaps yeah. the reality is that all of that paradigm is unsustainable and it's just dying. It's dying yeah. as this new one <laughs> is thriving. Begins yeah. to yeah. yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's an exciting time to be, to be alive, definitely. Yeah, I guess that's one thing that gives us like enthusiasm and keeps us going for it is that seeing the stuff to talk about is like the constant doom and gloom on mass media and the news and the constant the belittlement of it from the radio. We're like, we, we want to combat that because actually that's not how I view life, that's not how you view life. And we don't think that it's a fair representation of how we then teach everyone else to think. That's what it does, and I guess that's what I could do. As we're kind of hinting on, in a, 
the, the on our website is that's what Dorna and Hawkeye are suggesting. It's about that culture industry, the mass media, and what they end up talking about, and all this fear, and all this control, and all this worry, manipulates and and forms society to then live like that. As actually, well, that doesn't have to be the life that everyone lives. We can choose to liberate ourselves. We can get on as as a whole world. Like it doesn't have to be like that. So that's 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 the that's the era of redemption. Yeah. yeah. When we start enjoying everything again. So it sounds like you've studied uh, Adorno and Heidegger and uh, you sound, yeah, your philosophy comes from a place of, of, of education. And that's where it started for me too. I think it was when I read Adorno, in fact, the book was called The Culture Industry and it was full of a bunch of different yeah. essays. And he wrote that forever ago, right? Long before yeah. the Britney Spears yeah. and pop song era, he was writing about jazz and talking about how these refrains were kind of the same uh, programming, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, he hated Wagner. What? I'm pretty sure it was. He hated Wagner. Yeah, Wagner, he absolutely yeah. hated him. His music. He, he spoke about that as like the pop music. It's like pop. Right. Yeah. But he was onto something, right? Because yeah. that culture industry has taken over. And it's an interesting, uh, and I like to call it a parasite, like an inverse parasite. We call it Big Two, right? On our, in our uh, Peleverse uh, world. Uh, the, the Big Tube is a parasite, but we all live on it. It's the opposite of us being parasitic towards our planet. And that's kind of like this ethereal being that centralized influence has created over the decades is this par parasitic substrate for human life. Is this a good time to take a break and watch the second video? Yeah, sure. totally. Yeah, yeah that would be good. Yeah. Want to introduce it real quick? The mental one too? Uh, sure, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was just trying to think which one I sent you. I like, yeah. <laughs> yes, the mental one too. It's um, an animated music video that accompanies the song we've made from our first album. Yeah, the first album was called Thesis. Um, it was Dr. Death's first animated music video. Uh, it's, it's been in a few animation festivals in Slovakia, Romania, UK, America, USA. Yeah, yeah cool. Been over. That was our, our first ever animated music video we made. So, yes. Enjoy. Yeah, right. it touches us. <laughs>
Yeah. So now we're back. Cool. Uh, I wish I could have heard that song, but I guess then we wouldn't have been able to talk during the during the break. <laughs> <laughs> but cool. So that sounds like it's pretty fun to groove to, perhaps on a on a substance or two uh, on the weekends. <laughs> so that sounds like those parties would be pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> regaining art as a communicable tool for human perception yes a symposium for abstraction utilizing semiotics and symbology creating a systematic exhibition of a multi-level resemblance of natural laws and social politics allowing art to be decoded and analyzed yeah it starts with the art one of our, you know, one of Pele's founders with me, that was like our thing in the beginning. Like always, it has to start with the art. Everything starts with the art. Like all societal change starts with art. So I would yeah. love to hear your guys' relationship or experience with NFTs as artists. Uh, uh, I guess we could say just getting started. Yeah. Cool. Um, you're good. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think they're brilliant. It's a really interesting way to, I think one of the things that actually stuck out to me, the the the, the anti-corruption of the idea of replicating a piece of art, mm. I yeah. think probably actually trumps it. I was going to say something else, but that, that actually probably is one of the big trump cards for me. The idea of, I was thinking like the Mona Lisa getting replicated and all these pieces of artwork that, that go to different people and they're like, well, is that the right signature? I don't know. Is that, that is, but this really kind of strips all that away. And it Which allows, is crazy because I do yeah. not do the same signature each time as well. No, yeah, that's what we were saying. Like <laughs> us trying to replicate our own signature almost sending out prints. Like I think it's so easy to forge. I don't, half the time my signature doesn't look right anyway. <laughs> But this, this is a complete game changer with that. It, it's, yeah, I actually love that side of it. Massively yeah. do. I feel like as well, we've had more connection with um, our like fans um, yeah. and people buying stuff from us, which is nice. Because um, we didn't really get that when we were selling our physical art so much, I feel. Yeah, and especially because like, when we've gone to sell like the fashion work or, or fine art in shops and galleries, we're not there and one they do a huge markup which is absolutely ridiculous but that's, that's another conversation but it's yeah is now we have a bridge between us and the audience like it's it's brilliant i mean we we know who's buying from us they're there we do the transaction between us it is it's creating such a nice relationship which we never felt we had before yeah there was like a big gap and the nft has allowed us to kind of merge, merge with everyone that like, kind of likes what we're doing. Yeah. And to become friends with those people as well. Yeah. Like, we have conversations most days with those people. Yeah, it's, really nice. it's so cool, man. I actually love it. And do you find that you have like re repeat buyers or patrons? Um, yeah, we have had a few. Yeah, we have a couple people who have bought like multiple episodes and multiple pieces. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a really good feeling. And would you say you're on track to making a living from that? Yeah, this this is our, our full job. Yeah, we I mean we do at the moment it's not purely just NFTs. I mean it'd be amazing if we could live off that. Right. Yeah. And just right. do the personal projects. That that's kind of the transition of the dream would be we, we can earn our living just on personal projects. That that would be absolutely amazing. Um but we still kind of juggle uh, like commission work and generally for other companies like advertisement work and stuff. But the NFTs has really allowed us to profit and make a living off of our personal projects and ideas where for a long time they had to go on the back burner and we had to go work with a big company that just wanted to steal all our creativity yeah, definitely. yeah and give us pennies for it it's also allowed us to get our art out there more because before we were having to go to like these big companies and ask for acceptance and yeah if we were or weren't someone depended on whether they wanted us or not but now as a small person people don't care whether you're big and famous they just care whether they like your art or not and it's really nice. yeah like if you haven't won like the turner prize in the art or if you haven't done something crazy like that no one really cares but with nfts if it's good it's good people aren't there to judge who you are and what you've done it's just like yeah i like that piece of art that's cool and it doesn't matter on your stature and hierarchy in society so it really breaks down that bridge of if you have a hierarchy i love that yeah, I find that interesting too because 
You know, for me back in the day, when I first heard about ERC 721s, like NFTs weren't art, right? They were just collectibles or they were something in a game. And I've, 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 or they could represent a deed to land or something, right? Or to your car. And uh, yeah, to see this whole thing happening with artists, I feel like it just happened this year in 2021. But to hear that now people in, you know, I've, you know, we live in the Western world where things are pretty expensive, right? So to be able to sell enough NFTs without hundreds of thousands of followers, for example, it could be pretty tough to like make a living, obviously. But in some parts of the world, one hundred dollar NFT sale or something like that, which might not be enough for us as artists here, but in some parts of the world, that's insane amount of money. And the fact that the fact that our global community can support each other that way now through NFTs is just insane and beautiful. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it it allows a real like flattening of the world, and we can all kind of like come together on this. Yeah, it really does. It gives it gives importance to everybody. Yeah, yeah, and there's something about art too, where I know people are making a lot of money playing Axie Infinity or whatever, but there's something about actually like selling something something you create that something want someone wants to trade you a fungible asset for is something that feels really good right yeah we uh we did a program in jamaica once and we recorded an album with uh these kids in a rural school in the jungle and we wrote all these songs and then i recorded them on a field recorder then i got some like djs and producers to like remix them right or to make like beats to it and it was a really cool project and these kids heard it and they were like what like they felt (laughs) like they felt like on top of the world and so i can only imagine And these were kids so like money is not important to them but i can only imagine if they were teenagers or something it's like hey someone in in the uk just bought an nft of this song you guys sang on and now you know your family has a few hundred dollars or something like that that whole thing goes beyond just money right that's yeah. like a, you know, your heart explodes and you suddenly feel like you, you're, you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. We even noticed that between like doing a commission for a big corporation that, and getting the kind of paycheck from that or selling an NFT of our own personal project, you, you're dancing. Yeah. Like, the excitement that we get mm-hmm. for, yes, we can continue this project. It's, it's just so different. Especially yeah. because a lot of the time, um, our buyers are buying our NFTs while we're asleep, so we wake up to a sale. Yeah, yeah. It's like you you get that like they they like what you're creating, they understand what you're trying to say, and then that that's so important. You feel re- if it makes us feel really connected with other people, and that it kind of grounds us into the world. And yeah, we absolutely it's brilliant for that, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> So I want to explain something for people that might be unfamiliar. Uh, you use the term masculo-femininity. And uh, so I, I, when I hear that, and I, I left a comment, I said, uh, I don't know if you've read the book, The Alphabet Versus the Goddess by Leonard Schlein. But he's a brain no, surgeon. No, we wrote it down. Uh, he, he's a brain surgeon that uh, I guess was very interested in the differences in cognition and, the, you know, what you're body does based on which side of the which hemisphere of the brain is acting so the idea was the goddess was the right side of the brain this abstract creative chaotic uh part of us and then the alphabet was this left side of the brain analytic like super critical side and as humans we have that duality all the time right we have that we have that pair of that yin and yang, right? And that's like a theme and all over all over the world through all times, there's always this theme of like, there's opposites, right? And once again, death and life, right? And uh, in fact, that could be where this theme comes from, from the beginning, uh, death and life. And then it turns into day and night. Uh, It could be it could be eventually good and bad, right? So we, we we, we perceive reality in these pairs because that's just kind of the nature of our existence, right? We're alive and then we're dead. So uh, this masculo-femininity, it sounds to me, is like our science is finally catching up to, to this, I guess, idea of unity. As you put it, the dream becomes rational, the analytic and, hol- analytic and holistic thought, conscious and subconscious, utilizing the corpus callosum, 
rebalance of the masculine and feminine brain. So yeah, I, I absolutely love that. And I, if, if you guys would like to introduce that from the perspective of Dr. Death, I'm sure the audience would appreciate that. The idea of, yeah, so like absolute reason and ontologism, it's like the Gnostics, spiritual mystic side of religion with post-enlightenment science. It is that, yeah, analytic and holistic, both the sides of the brain merging back together. And it is the sort of like brain that you saw in like golden eras of societies where they promoted art and they promoted science and they were equal. And that has a, a massive effect on the psychology of the individual and society. Being in a society where you can celebrate emotion and celebrate rational logic at the same time is is paramount to a flourishing society and, and a happy one and that's, that's what we see back as like the next evolutionary step I mean we're quite influenced from what Nietzsche said and he he compared it uh, it was like Apollo and Dionysus where it's like Apollo is a sun god and he's like rational and Dionysus was uh like more chaos and emotion and the leveling out of those two is really important and he commented on how when we were going through the era of enlightenment, how we were almost kind of like, and we end up did, we, we kind of flipped a coin. But actually what we want to do is kind of stand that back up. We need both those to be able to balance. That's, yeah, that's the next step, I think. Yeah, it's just like we've, uh, with Hegel's dialect, um, where mm. we're now going into the synthesis stage where we can now merge all of this scientific knowledge that we have but back with like our spiritualism and like religion. Yeah, and, and it is leading that way. Yeah. yeah, we've gone from like a really spiritual, and we're looking at thousands of years ago, really spiritual communities. Then we're going to serious amount of, yeah, I guess that comes into reductionism, logic, science. And now we're actually finding a balance and that balance is exactly what we need as humans. Yeah, right. And I think that's actually an indigenous kind of uh, tale all around the world. Or there's like this theme always of there's, you know, the more feminine side, like some animal, right, was running faster. And then for the last however many hundreds of years, it was the more or maybe thousands of years, the more masculine side of things, uh, arguably because uh, the logical, rational, analytic side of us is scared of the chaos of the feminine. Yeah. Right. The nature of the universe is fucking chaos, man. Like it's yeah. chaos. And, but, and that's scary, right? Because we want to have things figured out. The ego wants to know yeah. like how things are going to be because that's how we can survive to see through tomorrow. But we live in a state in a in in a world where you know we don't really need to fear so much what's happening tomorrow in the sense of am I going to eat or where's my shelter because things are more resolved in our society. But but we need to master those physiological neurological reactions triggers triggers as they were and those are being manipulated by by the media by big tech right those, those physiological yeah. triggers and so now this new age is is arguably natural selection playing out where those of us that don't learn to work with those triggers and stay away from them and you know and heal through them that that whole that dies that goes away and we as humans move on with that mastery over. And we see that with the popularity of like cold baths and different breath work, meditations and all this kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it's so important. It's, it's crazy how it has been spoken through for all sorts of culture all over the world from thousands and thousands of years of the human race. It is something that is, is hinted at so much. And we, yeah, we just need to master that balance. And I guess that's what kind of made us feel it's so important for us to kind of express that liberation of human emotion because it is we, we do see that as being like kind of suppressed at the moment in society. It's mm -hmm. that fear of expressing who, who you are. It's that almost un, unwillingness to be like, well, how, how do I feel outside of these like external variables? And it's kind of finding like, well, actually, I do feel like this. I don't feel like this. And being OK with that, expressing that and understanding that in this world it is so important. Here, here. <laughs> yeah, so really cool website, guys. Really, really. F I have more notes, but I feel like um, we're 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 covering a lot of ground, and it's it's really nice. 
Saving art from being lowered to a commodity. Yep. Production of rare stock and sustainably printed art, uh, printed on demand art. And the utilization of art as a vehicle for social, political, environmental change. Yeah, that's huge. So, uh, yeah, well, I had this announcement. We've been going on almost an hour. And uh, the one viewer that was with us for most of it is gone now. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. I'm still trying to find the hot spot, the, the sweet spot for when people will tune in, right? Because... Uh, we yeah. had like seven or eight people when Sandra and I did it, but I think it was still a good time in, in Asia around that time. And I think the fact that no one's coming to you guys, your guys' conversation, to Dr. Death, uh, yeah, we got to maybe do it earlier in the day or something next time. But that doesn't mean okay. people won't watch this after, but it is interesting to figure out. That leads me to an announcement I want to make. <laughs> that uh, big news, big news, all, all you, all you live viewers. <laughs> announcement for YouTube. Great. This is cool, actually. Yeah. Um, well, this actually is a cool thing to talk about because what, what Pele is meant to be at its core and what we're working so hard to do from the get-go is, you know, we haven't launched our token yet. Uh, it's really important for us to build what I think is infrastructure for a DAO. We need to be a decentralized organization from the get-go that works to bring all these values to the world. Everything we're talking about uh, is exactly what we're trying to do. Uh, in our white paper, we make it very clear that what we the problem is that for the last hundred years, Hollywood essentially has made content king. Content is king. Content is king. And that's bullshit, right? Content is not king. Content is what makes us passive consumers that spend money and have no participation in what we're doing. And so that doesn't mean that everyone has to be an artist and it doesn't mean that we can't have artists that people gravitate around. But it does mean that everything that you're saying, we need to have these relationships with this content we're creating. And what we believe is king or queen or you know divine is, is the human interaction is that creativity coming in collaboration. You know, you can do as much exercise, diet, uh, spiritual work as you want, but without community and without other people, something will always be missing, right? Because that's who we are. That's who we are. And so Pele is meant to be a network, an ecosystem of people that are creating together, even if it's just a little bit, but enough, enough of these interactions to feel like you're not just in your garage making something that hopefully someone will buy and you know, I think we do come from an era that the influencer or the celebrity era where, yeah, maybe you can just work isolated in your garage and someone will buy it for hundreds of thousands of dollars. But I don't think that's an era that's going to continue. I think yeah. it, it is going to be more scale, like low, low key, but sustainable, right? Where, mm -hmm. you know, maybe Dr. Death doesn't get super rich and, and wealthy. Maybe he does, but he doesn't need to because the status he will attain is community and will have that, those people around him. Yeah, it's like richness in community, richness in spirit, richness in wisdom. That's, if, if you have enough money to live and be satisfied, then that's what it is. But as you say, if you're lacking that community, if you're lacking that human interaction, that that's a void that is yeah, irreplaceable. Yeah. Well, even if we do get rich, we just want to save all the animals. So yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's what it's about. We won't just be sitting on it. Yeah, grounding our roots just to spread out and sort the rest of the world out. Yes. Yeah. I know. I know. I'm not speaking well for many, many people, but I think I am speaking for many people like ourselves when I say, like, yeah, sure, I'd love to be wealthy. Imagine what I could, we could accomplish with all that. You know. <laughs> Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, sure, I'll live somewhere nice or whatever, but like, but let's face it, we could get a lot done that would enhance the world. And I think this is happening with all these decentralized applications coming around slowly but surely. But uh, yeah, the more and more people share that mentality, I think the, the nicer we'll see things as it grows. 100%, yeah. So, Beth's announcement, uh, we're going to turn Pele Network into a... Sorry, we're not turning Pele Network into anything. We're going to start the Pele Cast live, live radio show. 
We're going to make some kind of online radio. I'm going to have programs like this twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. We're going to showcase people's music, people's videos, people's art, promote people's NFTs. We're going to have interviews with people not only in the Zillica space, but all over the art space, the sustainability space. Uh, I have a pretty broad network of people doing really cool stuff all over the world. And all of us together have an even broader network. So keep these conversations going, not just with me, but with anyone that wants to host them. And we're going to create a space for people to, to congregate. Uh, we'll do this a few times a week and hopefully grow it to where it could be something happening all the time somewhere in the world for different communities to get this message out. And I feel like there's, I, I don't think this is something that's never been done before and not be, people aren't trying to do, but there is a certain way to, to launch this kind of thing and bootstrap them. You kind of need to have a, a crypto community at your back, I think, to, to get a lot of cool stuff done these days. So uh, that's the announcement. We're gonna be moving to Odyssey formerly known as Library. I think they're still known as Library, but this app is now Odyssey, O-D-Y-S-E-E.com. We can live stream there. Uh, it's completely decentralized. There's no threats of censorship there. And uh, we really got to start supporting these platforms. I feel like mm -hmm. I know everyone's on YouTube and everyone's on Twitter. We're thinking of making a Zillica Mastodon. Are you familiar with Mastodon? The, as in as the, the animal, awesome, like, yeah, the, <laughs> it's, oh, it's, uh, it's open source software you can host, you can host on your own servers. It's like your own Twitter. Uh, it's a Twitter right. feed, but you can host it and you can moderate it yourselves. And so people do this with their own theme. So, uh, someone was messaging me a while back that was really interested in doing something like that because why is everyone on Twitter still, you know, like why? Uh, why is everyone on YouTube still, right? And I can answer that question. I'm streaming on YouTube because it was the most accessible and the easiest for me to set up. And I know it's people are automatically logged in there to you know, get more eyes on the project. But the truth is, is we all need to start working together beyond just crypto communities, but use practicing what we preach. Yeah. So, yeah. Especially with like YouTube, it, it is so open now. It, be it becomes so saturated. But we love the idea of what you're saying because it's, I say, it creates that symposium for people to come together, discuss these ideas, and share it without just getting lost in the sea of everything else of YouTube choosing. Now nah, you should watch this. Yeah, yeah. It's like modern like speakers corner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. a cool idea. Really. And then, and the whole thing will be moderated by the Pele Network DAO, which if you're eventually if you're a holder of the Pele token, you'll be a member. And so uh, that you'll have different properties depending on what you've staked. And the, it's going to be an experiment because, you know, when we're dealing with saying, okay, here's the link to the chat. Anyone come on in and say something, you know, that could be, that could be kind of dangerous, um, especially if you're able to share your screen and whatnot. However, like we talked about earlier, we're coming into this age of transparency uh, and we have a lot of trustlessness and our technology, but we also have to learn, you know, in our hearts to trust one another again, because that's part yeah. of this shared dream. So I'm, I'm hoping that some kind of mechanism in a, in a token can contribute to this. We'll also have badges. So if you have enough reputation with our DAO, you would be able to enter on. And then with like with any DAO, you can submit a proposal, maybe for a program, maybe for a show and we'll either help fund it or you could you know take the reins and, and launch it but yeah that's the announcement so glad we could make it with you guys yeah that's cool yeah so i'm hoping there's uh plenty of collaborations in store and more conversations like this is there anything else you'd like to mention while we're live um I guess uh, it, the comic book will be out soon. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, the, we're releasing a comic book episode for this week after the episode, but if, no if you're watching this in the future, it's already out, yeah. um, I guess. Two people jumped back in real quick, but then they left right before you said that. <laughs> I think uh, I'm definitely going to have to get some better streaming software because uh, your, your, your picture has been there most of the time, but it's, it's kind of grainy. 
So that could be why uh, people uh, are like, screw this, man. <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks, Dr. Death. You guys are an inspiring duo, encouraging. It's great to get to know you. I look forward to talking again. Yeah. Same to you. We really appreciate it, man. Really good to speak to you. Yeah, it was nice. Thank okay. you. Oh.